This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of All Things Considered CX. I'm your host, Bob Asman, the founder of Innovative CX Solutions, a past chairperson of the CXPA, and a practitioner with many years of transforming global operations and designing better customer experiences. Together with our guests and listeners, we seek to discuss, challenge, and create new understanding about how to inspire better experiences in response to ever-changing customer expectations. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the All Things Considered CX podcast. I'm your host, Bob Asman, and I'm pleased to have you here as we continue our series in discussing the strategies, activities, and um, initiatives for the CXPA, the Customer Experience Professionals Organization Association. And I'm really happy in this session to have three board members join me to talk about the CXPA, where it's headed, what is its focus for 2022 and beyond, and get their perspective on where CX is at globally. So I'd like to welcome Sebastian, Stacy, and Jaya to the podcast. Welcome to the three of you. And if, I'm, um, if I'd appreciate it, if you would introduce yourselves to our listeners. So uh, Sebastian, would you start us out with that introduction, please? Hi, Bob. Thank you for the invitation. Yes, of course. My, my name is Sebastian Monar. I'm from Peru. And I'm in CX uh, about 50, 50 years. No? I have been involved in different sectors, business, no? and, I, and I have had the opportunity to work and live in South America, North America, and Europe. And that's great also because uh, that has permitted me to, to have a, a different mindset and focus for for what now I'm doing. I'm country manager uh, of an England English company uh, that is uh, just involved in data and technology. And I'm also part-time professor of customer experience in a important university here in, in the region of South America that is named Pacifico Business School. Wonderful. Welcome, Sebastian. Glad to have you here. Stacy, would you like to uh, introduce yourself, please? Sure. Hi, everyone. Uh, Stacey Neville. I am currently Director of Voice of the Customer for Prudential Financial, and I've probably worked in some form of customer experience or customer satisfaction um, since 1990 or 1991 um, in several capacities. Um, like I said, now I am on the client side of the business. In the past, I've worked as a vendor consultant, um, also within the business of customer experience. Um, our team basically manages um, all voice of the customer um, for the enterprise of Prudential, um, the, the U.S. enterprise, and we consult on the, extra, the, the international and the investments businesses. Um, and I'm very happy to be here. Wonderful. Thank you, Stacey and Jaya. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is uh, Jaya Lakshmi Sudarshan. Um, you can call me Jaya. Uh, I currently work as a customer experience manager uh, with HP, and I manage all uh, programs related to improving customer experience for our customer support business for Greater Asia and India. I have been with HP for over 18 years now and with CX or in some form or the other for over a decade now. 
Uh, I I live in Chennai, India, and um, apart from CX, I'm also very passionate about uh, diverse diversity and inclusion. Uh, I am a, I'm remarkable facilitator, and these are some of the things that I'm very passionate about and I enjoy as well. Wonderful. <clears throat> Speaking of passion, perhaps you can share with our listeners, how did you end up doing what you're doing? How did you get into the customer experience profession and, and you know, do the things that you've been doing in your career? Well, that's a great question, uh, Bob. So uh, I started my career, you know, right at the back end, uh, you know, it, amending contracts for HP, uh, but then uh, later on moved to do some very, very exciting stuff in the analytics space. And while I was there, I had the opportunity to support uh, what we then call the total customer experience and quality organization within HP. And that really opened out uh, a new world to me because honestly, uh, going through college, or up to that point in my career, I did not know that there is something that specifically, you know, called customer experience or satisfaction. There's no mainstream course available, right? Especially when we were studying. So for me, it just felt like something um, that came very natural, naturally to me. I felt like I was doing something I was meant to be doing. So, and I thoroughly enjoyed uh, having the opportunity to, really uh, read up about the different experiences our customers are going through um, and also have been uh, in the great opportunity to actually sit in front of our customers and partners and you know talk about their journey with us you know what's working what's not working and i felt right at home so it was a it was an opportunity that you know came by chance but once i i got you know the taste of it if i could say that i didn't i knew that's like coming home and there's not uh I've never thought of you know looking up looking out for any change or wanting to do anything different because every day brings a new set of challenges a new set of uh, you know a new set of customers new set of uh, priorities and I'm thoroughly enjoying my stint uh, in the CX world yeah isn't it wonderful when you have that feeling of, of coming home and that you found uh, your passion at work that that's that that's a great story and it's it's so important for people these days to find that passion at work uh, thank you for sharing Jaya and uh, Stacy how about you how did you evolve into the experience profession <laughs> so um, anyone who's talked to me a couple times probably already knows this story but uh, I started off I'm coming out of college as a banker I went directly to Citibank I worked in a branch and I you know sold accounts and, you know, I was looking at my management training program ahead of me. And I used to um, complain apparently a lot about how poorly we treated customers. Um, so I started work in the um, mid 1990s. And um, that was back in the days of, you know, branches, uh, bank branches opened at nine, they closed at three. Um, we had three inches of plexiglass between us. And um, it, it was a very different world. I think ATM machines had really just come out. So we were doing a lot of work to send people away from the inside of the bank into the ATM machine. Um, huge, I worked in Manhattan. So huge banks of ATM machines and you know, enormous branches. Um, and we used to treat customers um, like they were trying to steal their own money. 
We had to, you know, you had to prove to us who you were. You had to present us um, identification. We had to check your signature against signature cards. Um, all of this was, you know, we understand for compliance and risk purposes. Um, but, you know, the, the the levels of hoops that we made people jump through. Um, and apparently I was uh, relatively vocal about this. Um, I'm told of a time that I was literally, you know, after work, of course, um, kind of standing on a desk talking to my coworkers about, like, why do we do this to people? And um, about six months, seven months into my job, I got a phone call that said, so we hear you have a lot to say about our <laughs> customers. And um, I was offered a chance to come work um, on the corporate side. Um, we just started this you know, new survey thing. Um, we we kind of hired this company. You know, Some of you, you may know it. It's called Gallup. And they're going to start doing these surveys for us on how we treat our customers. Um, so uh, that's what I did. I joined um, that group and we kind of built that practice up from the ground floor. Um, and then within the next, over the next five years, my next, my tenure at Citibank, um, I went from, you know, looking at basic data and analyzing, you know, spreadsheets of data um, that we would get back to kind of managing our U.S. countrywide voice of the customer program. So that's how I did it. <laughs> um, complaining. <laughs> that's how it got me there. Uh, like they say, be careful what you ask for, right? Exactly. <laughs> that's, exactly. that's a great story. And boy, do I remember those days in financial institutions. Uh, yeah. I was in the supplier side of financial institutions. And I remember those days when it was, uh, you know, all, you almost had to pay to talk to a teller. So exactly. Uh, yeah. it, it's a fascinating story. And Sebastian, how about you? <laughs> that, that's an interesting question. And actually, always people ask me, how you can become a CXer. And in fact, in, in my case, I'm an economist. So I started my career in corporate finance and private banking. It's totally different what I'm doing now. But at one point, I had the opportunity to work in Santiago, Chile for land airlines in the area of revenue management that is the, the core business. No? And I fell in love with the more commercial side. So I decided to make a career, career change. And I went to study marketing to Spain, to Madrid. Uh, so then I start in mass consumption is, is the better way to start in, in marketing. But then I ended up in a B2B company where I had the opportunity to create from zero the customer experience area. So that, that was another shift in my career. You know? So from that, I have been in different sectors, no? telecommunication, banking, airlines, education, technology, media, and different areas. So the answer always is like going to Rome, you can get there by different ways, no? To, to become a CXer. So true. And, and I like that analogy because oftentimes uh, the best career path is a, is a zigzag rather than a vertical uh, uh, learning parts of the business for sure. Uh, thank you all for sharing that. Um, another question that I have, and I'll open this up to the group is, so we've learned about you and what you're doing now. We've learned about how you got here, what, how you, um, what your passion is for the experienced profession. Now you're on the board of directors of, of the, the Association for Customer Experience Professionals. How did you get there? How did you arrive at the board? What was the interest there? Um, tell us a little bit about that. And then uh, we'll get into some of the details of what you're doing on the board. Stacey. Oh, sure. Thank you. Um, I think um, it's, an, it's always been a natural curiosity, a natural um, 
uh, inclination to CXPA. Um, when I did start with CXPA and got my CCXP, um, I was working on the vendor side of the business. I was working as a consultant with lots of different organizations. And the organization I worked with was um, one of the sponsors of CXPA. And I have had the opportunity to work with many influencers within um CXPA for some time. I worked at a company with Nancy. I worked, so it's, it's been wonderful. And I've had these great, um, you know, CX minds um, around me for a while. So when this organization came about, um, it was obviously a natural curiosity um, and a natural inclination to join the organization. Um, also being probably the one place that we could be um, certified, we could you know, kind of test our knowledge, make sure that we we were the people in the industry who sort of knew what we were talking about and therefore could consult on that. Um, and also being one of the few places that um, we didn't, I, I've always felt this way, didn't feel like a competition. So while we may work for competing companies or we may work for um, competing vendors, this was the one kind of safe space where we came together for the love of CX and the betterment of CX. So um, I feel like I've been around since um, close to the beginning. Um, definitely was an early adopter of CCXP. Um, and I think all of that usage and knowledge has kind of led me to do a few things. And then through the pandemic, um, I was tapped to lead a couple focus groups or discussions online. Um, and that led to an opportunity to join the board. Um, and I've also been um, currently, I'm also the chair of the uh, CCXP Advisory Committee, so that experience as well has given me some insight into kind of the inner workings of CCXPA. Wonderful. Thank you. And, and I have to uh, comment on, on your comment about a safe environment. I remember my first board meeting many years ago, and I walked in and there was somebody, uh, there were two or three people there, each from a competing company. And I just looked at them like, wait a minute, you're, you're, you know, really strong competitors in the marketplace yet here you are sitting in this safe environment, sharing strategies. And, and it was really pretty cool to see that and to know that um, there was respect there and, and the ability to share freely. So that um, I really appreciate you highlighting that. Sebastian. Yes, in, in my case, well, I, I presented my CCXP, I, I passed, <laughs> and then I, I was really glad to, to start volunteering in some projects, no? uh, from the last year, no? in different, uh, the creation, for example, of the Latin American network, the creation of Monograph, no? in my case of the, the finance one. So for me, it was natural to start a discussing, participating, and, and meeting with, with different board members. That's that's the way I, I, I met, for example, Stacy Haya in, in strategic sessions last year. And I think it was a natural step for me to really and generally be involved in advancing the customer experience discipline. You know? so that's why uh, I start, I, I'm one of the newest members. You know? I started this year. And I started involving uh, in different CS projects. Actually, I, I also I was inspired by Haya because I know that CXPA, CXPA uh, was U, is US based and it has born in in US. But I that's I have been seeing also a big change in the CXPA that is its international internationalization that is a. Uh, 
looking and seeking for a globally you know, mindset. And, that, and that, I believe, I think that also as an international board member, you know, because I'm from Latin America, we can bring that you know, a different vision, a different also kind of ideas that can be complemented by, now we have board members from Europe, for Asia, you know, from US. So I think that's a big, big moment also for us you know, that we are uh, really seeking for this uh, mindset that are from different communities. I couldn't agree more. The, the international drive for CXP has been impressive over, over the last um, few years, for sure. And as evidenced by the three of you representing various regions of the world, which is really cool. Jaya. Right. So, so Bob, that question actually made me very nostalgic because my overall love for CX and my big inspiration to be part of CXPA and the board really comes from uh, you know, my dear friend and longtime mentor and an ex-CXPA board member, Dave Kreiner. Uh, oh, Dave, uh, yeah. I, I served with Dave. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And he, at so many different stages in my 10-year stint with CX, has been an absolute um, inspiration, always, you know, probing and asking me those, those questions, which made me, you know, broaden, you know, my own boundaries and understanding. And when this opportunity to, to serve on the board came up, I think one of the biggest driving forces for me was to be the voice of the other side of the pond in CXPA, because... Um, I mean, though I understood how important, you know, some of the work that we do as CX professionals is, um, I still find that, you know, in in most countries or places across Asia, we still have a lot of work to do in terms of building that credibility and community. And I and I and I wanted to be that voice, um, you know, uh, on the board and be able to uh, bring all that, all the uh, experience that I've gained working with customers and partners across Asia Pacific and, you know, really bringing it and, you know, trying to understand what is it that we can do to really spread our wings and make the best of CXPA and and bring the best of CXPA to, you know, to that region as well. So that's really been my, I mean, Dave, and just being here to represent, you know, um, the Asia Pacific region has been my biggest drivers uh, to be part of the CXPA board. Oh, that's great. And Dave is a consummate professional and was really, was really great to serve with them on the board. Um, <clears throat> listeners, if, if you, if this may be a podcast, but boy, uh, I certainly can feel the passion of these three board members coming through um, their passion for the profession and for the board. So let's, let's talk a little bit about what are some things that you as a board are working on? What are some of the strategies? What, What's happening with the CXPA in 2022 right now? And, and what are some highlights that you'd like to share with our listeners? Stacey. Thank you. So I think I'll, I'm, I'm going to probably expand upon something that we've all just been talking about. I think Jaya and Sebastian were, were definitely talking about, which is the globalization um, of CXPA. And I know it's been going on for a few years, but I feel like... Um, um, and oddly enough, during a pandemic, when many of us were <laughs> were, were left home um, and, and not able to be as global, I feel like we have jumped uh, forward leaps and bounds with our globalization. Um, and like I said, I'm um, 
on the and, and with the chair of the CCXP uh, advisory committee as well. I think across the organization, not only have we kind of doubled down on how do we broaden ourselves across the globe, um, and even in the places where we already were, um, how do we broaden the reach to um, communities or areas that may have been underserved, whether it be ages or minority groups or countries, how do we make sure that we are spreading our reach? And I think that's evidence throughout CXPA. I think it's evidence, especially within the um, the CCXP advisory committee, we're looking at, um, uh, you know, how do we maintain our question consistency? Um, how do we grow that and continue to evolve that? So there are constantly projects to make sure that the CCXP stays current, um, but also that we are able to translate that into different languages so that we can, you know, certify in other countries, et cetera. That is a, that is a project that we are undertaking. Um, it's, Moving, maybe moving a little bit slowly, more slower than we want it to, but it's definitely moving in something, an area we want to grow. Uh, and Sebastian mentioned this, I think, and Jai, you can let me know if I'm wrong. I think we're all first years on the, on the board. Um, so I think, you know, we are evidence if you look at the three of us at that globalization and um, the, the desire to um, expand our reach past, you know, past North America. Um, mm-hmm. and, and make sure that that happens. I, I think that's one of the best um, outcomes and initiatives that we have going right now. Stacy, before I um, ask for Sebastian and Jaya to comment, for our listeners that might not be familiar with the CCXP, would you mind just doing a little snippet or a, or a promotion for the CCXP? I'm happy to, to do a little plug. Absolutely. <laughs> so the, the CCXP is our um, certified customer experience professionals um, uh, certification. It's, we are accredited and it is the one independent um, you know, it doesn't belong to uh, an organization that may be pushing their own process, but this is um, the one that exists for the entire industry um, to test knowledge, to um, ensure that we have the foundational aspects that are necessary to um, manage, run, institute um, customer experience programs. Um, it can be an aid to um, our resumes, our um, our experience, um, getting hired and getting ahead within our own professions, within customer experience, because it tests our knowledge um, from, you know, kind of metrics to practice to theory um, on all things customer experience. Um, And our, you know, continual evolving of that particular program that the the survey, the questions that are asked within the exam, um, that is an every year um, experience where we have um, known respected CCXP folks, um, taking a look at the current exams, making sure that the, the um, questions we're asking are um, fair, stringent, um, test our actual knowledge, um, and current. Um, so that's a process that continues. It's one of the, one of the main, major things that we do within the committee is making sure we have a committee looking at that um, every year, possibly adding questions as necessary, making sure they stay current. It is an excellent um, exam and, and kind of a, 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 a way to test your knowledge and make sure that, you know, you know that you have, you know, accomplished something and, qual- and, and, and are qualified within the CX world. Um, I've been a CCXP for a really long time. We go back to 
you know, the, probably the first year that it existed um, before there was training. And now there are lots of training partners and people to help you um, study for the exam. But um, I, th- I do believe it's definitely helped me in my career, definitely helped my knowledge base. And I retook it again last year through part of the certification, pro- the recertification process. I was one of the testers to make sure that um, the questions uh, worked. <laughs> so um, I think it's great to keep us sharp and, and knowledgeable about our space. Absolutely. That's great. Thank you so much for that overview. Uh, Sebastian. Yes, I, I agree, Stacey. Actually, globalization is a big pillar and globalization brings also a challenge. You know? uh, that's why when we have a membership that are really growing and becomes more international, as we're seeing now, it becomes more difficult to set standards and define what is best practice around the world. You know? So that's why collaboration, consensus, and also all these membership uh, are also pillars for us, no? and that's why in this process of member collaboration, uh, we we have saw that generate a total engagement in all the regions. No, and in in that sense, we, we have created these regional councils uh, that permit us to understand the reality, challenge, and particularities of each community. For me, it's it's a logic, no. Of maturity is different to have CX in Latin America from US, it's different to have a CX in Europe from Asia. So that's a give us m- much more understanding. No, and on the other hand, also one aspect that we have great care of is the generation of content and also consensus documents. No, that we that reflect our purpose of guiding independently that is our vision in C in CXP. For example, in, in that sense, we have created the CX book of knowledge and also we have collaborated in monograph focus on different areas. So the idea is that all members participate and really we feel that is a global document, a global collaboration. Excellent. Thank you, Sebastian and Jaya. Right. So there are all few things that we're working on which are which are very exciting to me I mean, um, firstly uh, we are also looking at uh, the overall you know value that CXPA brings to its members right and what should we see ourselves or what do we see ourselves as in the next five years how do we become that place or a home that uh, CX professionals feel like they belong to no matter which you know, where they are in their career. So, you know, that's something we're also looking at, uh, you know, to to understand what is the value we bring today and what do we want to become in the next few years. So that's something, uh, you know, that's exciting for me as well. The other thing that we're working on, uh, which I think is going to be very, very impactful is uh, including, you know, bringing CX into our, uh, you know, colleges and schools, the curriculum there. Because um, honestly, I mean, I wish I'd known much earlier in my career uh, that, you know, there's something called CX and and I'm going to be so, you know, passionate and happy being part of this uh, profession and community. So I'm very excited about the work that's going on uh, there where we are trying to look, identify currently, you know, do any of our colleges and schools offer CX um, as a you know, paper or a, or a curriculum at this point in time? And what is it that we can do to influence and bring it there? So those are two things that I'm very excited about. And I'm really looking forward to see how that's going to shape up. And the other thing for me, 
you know, because I'm also very passionate about the um, inclusion and diversity is uh, also our committee is working on how do we ensure overall in within the CX and within the frameworks we develop and within all the work that we do, how do we ensure that we bring a fair amount and a fair focus on how do we, on being more diverse, inclusive and uh, equitable in what in everything that we do. So some of the things that we're working on that uh, are exciting for me. That's great. Thanks for sharing those. And, and I'd be remiss if I didn't put a plug in when you were mentioning colleges and educations that our sponsor, Michigan State University and uh, Dr. Tom DeWitt uh, just announced uh, a master certification in customer experience. So we're really excited about that as part of the CXFM radio network. So uh, thank Fantastic. you for that. So uh, I'd like to get your perspectives on what is the state of CX from your corner of the world, from your perspective, from where you sit, um, so much going on, so much we've weathered and come through. Uh, where do you think we're at with CX? And, and perhaps as you look out over the next year or so, where do you think we're headed? And, and certainly looking at this from your personal perspective. Thoughts on that question? Stacy. So I'm, I'm going to be a, um, uh, maybe I'll be a little rosy, um, but and it, <laughs> may okay. be a little bit, <laughs> it may be a little bit to do with my current position. I know for, for many years, um, and it's still important, but we've been, for many years, um, organizations have been focused on, you know, the ROI of CX, um, having to put hard numbers against it. Um, it's still important. It's still something we need and different people need it. However, I think, and I think it's evidence in the role that I am, and I work for a financial services company, and I feel like while we are putting numbers against it for, um, for real purposes, we are approaching that from a perspective of, we know it's valuable. We, you don't have to prove to me that CX, the study of CX, the use of CX, the need to compete on CX is where we need to be. We are putting dollars against it or, or, or numbers against it to prioritize, not to prove anymore. And I think that's a big statement for us. I mean, for years, I think we were still trying to prove. For years, we had, you know, lots of folks telling us it was still too fluffy and soft. Um, and I, I appreciate that many organizations are coming um, to CX, not for proof anymore, but for valid, you know, they're using it as validation or using it as a growth measure or using it as the point where they want to compete. Um, and I think coming from a place where, you know, many of us started our careers, this didn't really exist as a thing. <laughs> this CX was not a real thing yet. And um, the, the time that it has taken to get from wherever that was um, to now and that acceptance and that knowledge that um, customer experience is just something you absolutely need to have, um, need to on some level excel at um, and understand is um, comforting to me. Um, that one, I chose the right profession. Um, it's validating. Um, and I think, you know, I'll, I'll piggyback on what Jaya and, and you, Bob, have talked about from an educational perspective. We have the opportunity now to teach that, you know, to 
people coming up through the education system possibly push it down even further than just um, college. If I can tell you how many times my kids have told me, mommy, that just wasn't a very good customer experience. Now, was it? Um, I think mm-hmm. they have a different understanding. So many of us, especially our leadership, our CEOs, we've had to teach them about you know, the value of customer experience. So imagine that we no longer need to teach tomorrow's C-suite CEOs, et cetera, about that. They come in with the understanding. It just makes things so much easier. Um, you know, we're teaching it like we teach finance now. It's a beautiful thing. It is indeed. Absolutely. Jaya. Yeah, and I think I'll echo uh, Stacey's thoughts there, right? Um, in the past, over the past few years, I've, I've been you know, involved in CX, sometimes you'd feel like being a CX professional or a leader, it could be a lonely journey <laughs> uh, because uh, more often than not, um, at regular cycles, you would have to, you know, make those um, dreaded slides about how are you bringing the ROI in, um, you know, why should why should CX still be part, um, you know, of the organization? And like Stacey said, I think I'm seeing a steady uh, understanding or of what CX does, though we call it different things, right? I mean, each company calls it differently, you know, customer satisfaction and customer obsession, whatever they call it, right? Ultimately, there is that acceptance that yes, it matters to be intentional about how you design and you plan for your customers to experience their journey with you. So that's fantastic. And I think that's, that's uh, you know, that for me is, uh, is nice. And also that there is this community that you can learn from uh, and to know that, okay, it's not just your lonely journey anymore. And, you know, having to learn and draw from other people's experiences. I think that also gives us a good perspective, especially now that we are more, you know, global. And, um, you know, uh, for many years, um, initially, when, whenever I had like a, like a CX question, right, hey, you know, what's the best way to do it, right? And if, if I send it, um, let's say, late in my evening, um, I'd just be so happy to wake up and find at least you know, a handful of people come back to me and, you know, help me with that question. And that kind of bonding and that kind of, uh, you know, reaching out and learning from each other. And I think that's just getting stronger uh, as our community grows. And that's another thing uh, that I think uh, is how CXPA is evolving as well. Excellent. Thank you so much, Jay. And Sebastian, your, your thoughts? Yes, unfortunately, our state of maturity in LATAM is very different from Stacey's point of view. <laughs> We're still in the, at a point where we have to formalize CX areas, generate solid voice of customer programs, and build actually business uh, cases that make sense. No? So ROI still is a priority. In recent years, companies have grown in a disorderly manner. They have focus on non-traditional segments. They have entered digital world that many were not used. No, uh, so they need to align their business first with, with a true focus on customer uh, necessity. No, so there for me that's a big pillar that they have to to, to accomplish. That is to align the business strategy with the the CX strategy. No, but I would say that the biggest challenge is generating clear clear governance. No, to accompany the growth because a lot of companies has put in place 
this agility. No, they have set up a scrum teams, squads, tribes, but they don't understand really the governance that it implies you know, for the customer experience management. So there is a, still a puzzle that they have to resolve. And on the other hand, from the academic side, uh, there is still no standard on what is customer experience. And maybe I, I'm first first of the teachers in CX in South America because I, I teach five years ago. And I still see that there is a focus on the title, you know, passing the exams, to have the, cert the certificates, you no. Know? And they and they don't understand this difference between certificate and certification. No, that's why we need to to put standards. We need to really uh, put together um, a framework that, that they use. There is a lot of vendors, a lot of consultant firms in in Latin that they sell. No, the the methodology, and not always is the best way to advance the discipline in in CX. So true. Really, really wonderful comments. And I say this on every one of my podcasts. I can't believe how fast time goes when we're having these great discussions. And so I'm going to end this podcast with the same question I ask in every one of my podcasts of my guests. And that is, what words of wisdom do you have for experienced professionals listening to this podcast today? Sebastian, please. You, you can repeat the question, please. Yes. What are those words of wisdom that you would have? Uh, advice, counsel for experienced management professionals listening to uh, our session today from your perspective? Yes. Firstly, I will suggest to, to always uh, try to be in different areas of, our, of the company. I think experience management, customer experience management is to learn a little bit of everything. No, we are generalists, we are not specialists. Uh, this is a, a big change of mindset with the tra traditional uh, methodology of management. No, we have to know a little bit of marketing, uh, operations, sales, service, design, etc. So it's important when you start your career and maybe you don't know <laughs> what you, you want to be in the future, but Always, it's really useful to to uh, make a rotation in different departments and to have a, a really cross-functional vision. You know? uh, always, when I, I have a recruitment process, I choose depending on that. For me, it's, it's really important. Then, uh, I think there's, with, with this digital economy uh, that is set up now in, in, in nowadays, uh, confusion between UX and CX. So there is a lot of momentum for, for UXers. No? They have a, a lot of opportunities. It's important. But the big problem for me is that they'll, they are, there's a lack of a different skills in, in economics, quantitative management, no? and numbers in general. So when you have to put business cases for this kind of roles or functions is really difficult. So when I, I, I'm teaching, for example, in university, there's a lot of UXers. It's a lot of people that are doing communication. It's, I think it's important because you, you, you are like complementing different roles. When, when you put together a business case, it's impossible for them. 
So it's really important that always they have in mind that they have to uh, prepare for these kind of skills. And finally, I will say that uh, it's important also to be prepared uh, what I call in this <laughs> international mindset. No, When you, you have a position that uh, you are managing roles in different regions, continents, in my case, now I, I lead people in, in four different uh, continents. The CX maturity, the culture is really different. So I believe, because I have lived in Europe and in US, that we have to, to make an effort to understand other realities, no? And to understand that, for example, you can be really mature with a book in Europe and US, but you bring this same solution to Latin America, and maybe it's not, it's not going to work because you have to do adjustment, you have to tropicalize. No, so that's something really important also when you, you are working in an international company. Excellent thoughts. Thank you, Sebastian. Jaya. Right. So my, and I think my message would be very close to what Sebastian said, right? Um, I know, uh, uh, I know CX professionals sometimes think that whatever we define as CX is the only thing that we need to do, um, you know, uh, you know, to progress and do all the great things that we can do for our companies. But like Sebastian said, I think it's very important, especially for us, the ex-professionals, to really understand how each of the departments work. And only then can we truly bring about the kind of changes and improvements and more human-centered designs that we want to bring, uh, you know, in our in, in, in the CX designs that we put together and the strategies that we put together. So I would really encourage everyone, you know, to, to be open, to be curious, to, to learn more and to understand things, the overall picture and not just be, you know, very <laughs> laser focused on just, you know, CX, CX or, you know, the few things that are frameworks that are related to that. So I think that's definitely one of the things that I want to say. The other thing I want to say is, hey, if you're not still yet part of our CXPA family, please join us. Because uh, from my experience, I would tell you that it definitely feels like home. You would, um, you will just be amazed at how much your, you, you grow both professionally and personally, uh, drawing from all the, you know, I would say love, all the encouragement and all the great things that you can get off this community. So if you're not part of CXPA yet, we hope to see you <laughs> as part of our big family soon. So uh, take the step and uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, you would, you would see uh, what it means to have that kind of support system. So those would be my words of wisdom. That, that's wonderful. I love all this promotion we're doing. Uh, this is fantastic. We're, <laughs> we're customer experience and marketing professionals. That's wonderful. And, and Stacy, your thoughts. <laughs> So I was um, smiling and laughing uh, for Jaya's last sentiment. I agree with everything um, Jaya and Sebastian have said, um, but mine was going to be um, probably some of that, you know, self um, promotion or that, that selfish promotion there of CXPA, but I'll take it a little bit stronger or a little bit wider, which is I am a strong advocate of building your tribes. Um, I have probably several different ones. They cross um, they're an interesting little, you know, Venn diagram in my world, but build your, your tribes. Um, and I think the CXPA is an 
awesome tribe to have. Um, so whether, you know, I, I strongly suggest this particular one, but find the tribe that you need, um, build that tribe. It becomes, um, as Jaya mentioned before, it used to feel like a lonely road, but we would have these conferences or these meetings or these um, network community events or even a webinar or we'd get on the phone together and it, f- it would feel like you you finally had come home. You you got re-energized by people who were like you and like-minded and um, maybe had new things to share with you. But at the same time, we had that grounded foundation of wanting to um, bring the customer experience forward and um to bring that back to our organization. So I think that um, CXP is a wonderful place to do that. Um, but you'll know, find your tribe and build it, build that tribe. You will benefit. They will benefit. I think the second part of that is the they will benefit part. One of the reasons to another reason to join a CXPA, the CXPA, um, and, or, or, or have a tribe like that is because we need to continue to grow that um the, the communities like that, um, as well as the profession. I mean, again, I mentioned before, we're, we're young um, in, um, in the world as a profession, and we need to make sure we keep that focus um, on growing the community, as well as growing the knowledge within our community. Um, and that can only happen as we bring new people in and on and through the experience and bring in new ideas. So it's that give back idea um, don't just come be a mentee, be a mentor. Don't just um, come attend events to take knowledge, but also bring it back, share, communicate. Um, I think that's how we grow our respective um, areas. We bring that back to our organizations. We grow individually. We grow personally. Um, a lot of what we do is actually a way of life. Um, it's you know, being a good customer and, and giving good customer experience is is often, a, you know, there are people who are called to that. And I think it's a way of life. So um, I say, find your tribe, build that tribe um, and give back to that tribe. Thank you, Stacey. And, and thank you to each of our guests, Sebastian, Jaya and Stacey, for a wonderful conversation, some great insights and perspectives from around the world pertaining not only to our profession, but to our professional association. It's, it's been wonderful having the three of you join me on this podcast. And, and I'm sure our listeners will gain a lot of value from what you've said. And I certainly hope they accept your invitations to, if they're not a member already, uh, to join the CXPA or for sure renew their membership. And of course, uh, become a CCXP if they're not or continue to um expand your network. So thank you very much for this great conversation. And listeners, this has been another episode of the All Things Considered CX podcast. As always, if you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with your networks and stay tuned for future episodes of this podcast, as well as the podcast from the CXMM radio network. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of All Things Considered CX. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your colleagues. Subscribe to our show, follow me on LinkedIn, and visit my website at InnovativeCX.com for more insights on creating better experiences. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, and visit CXofM.org for more resources.